Hello, hello, and a very big welcome to the Elevated Entrepreneur Podcast. I am super excited to be back in the studio and sharing today's episode that I recorded with Varsha and Evan. And we are talking about business lessons from a story that you may have heard when you were a kid called Alice in Wonderland. Yes, business lessons from a children's story and those lessons are super relevant even today. Now, before we get into the episode and the introduction, I want to take a quick sidebar and tell you that I have been away from the studio and not been recording episodes for the last three months. So if you missed me, I am super sorry that I was not able to do so. It didn't mean to be such a long break. It just so happened. And I have to tell you one thing that I learned from this break was it is super hard to come back to creating content once you have taken a break. In my case, what was meant to be a short one week break ended up becoming a three month break because then I did not plan when I was coming back into the studio. So pro tip, if you're taking a break, make sure you have a date that you're going to come back into the studio on. And now back to today's episode. I am talking to my dear friends, Varsha and Evan, who you may have heard on other episodes on this podcast. Varsha and Evan are also the hosts of the Dare to Scale show and my business coach for over five years. Varsha, Evan and I love children's books and we had a super fun time chatting about this episode and then finally getting to record it. In fact, we have a second one planned on a really, really popular children's book that I can't wait to share with you. But while that episode gets prepared, I'd love for you to grab your headphones, grab a cup of coffee, turn the volume up if you're out for a drive and give this episode a really nice listen because it is jam-packed with stuff. So help me cue the music. You're listening to the Elevated Entrepreneur Podcast, a podcast designed to help retailers, restaurateurs, and entrepreneurs simplify business operations and use modern technology to elevate their business. Here's your host, Darren Bhatia. Evan Warsha, welcome back to the Elevated Entrepreneur Podcast. It is a pleasure having you here. Hi, Darren. Absolutely wonderful to be here as well. Warsha? Thank you very much for having us over because it's always, always wonderful to record a high energy podcast with you, Dharan. You are too kind. And I know this is actually a very special episode again, because this is a collaboration episode, which means this is also going to come out on a beautiful podcast that I listen to called the Dare to Scale show. By the way, I know the hosts really well, Varsha and Evan, and thank you for being on the show. You are amazing at your podcast. Yeah, like Russia says, it's always high energy and it's just all totally exciting. I love it. So why are we here today? We are having a conversation about children's books. Yes, you heard that right. Children's books. Why, Russia and Evan? Why children's books? Well, the, the funny story is we actually recorded a podcast uh, recently and it was about a wonderful book, The Boy, the Mole, the Fox and the Horse. And it's a kid's book, and Charles uh, Mackesee is illustrator, and he's brilliant at what he does, and it's a wonderful story. And for us, there were so many lessons in it, and I hadn't told Washer that I'd read the book, and I said, I know what we're going to do on the next episode. So I actually narrated the book to her, um, and we got sort of the feedback on the way through. But there's so many lessons, and that's why we did that. And there's a different book we're going to talk about today. Brilliant. Now, that particular episode is going to be linked in, in our show notes and your show notes. Is there an episode number that you want to shout out to? I think it's episode 38. 
Awesome. So it's episode 38 on the Dare to Scale show, and we will make sure we put links in the show notes for you guys. But today's book is a brilliant book that I read many, 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 many moons ago called Alice in Wonderland. I know, Varsha, this is your favorite, favorite book. Do you want to tell us why it's your favorite book? For so many reasons. And I'm glad we're talking about this because so many times we read children's books and we all read children's books when we're growing up because guess what? They're written for children. So we read it and we read some lines and some sentences which may or may not completely make sense to us at that age without realizing that there are so many wonderful messages over there which set the tone, which create some unconscious messages for yourself, in yourself, to adapt living life as an adult. And then what happens? Then we grow up. Then we become these educated, sensible adults. And we leave those learnings where they were in our childhood, in our past, and rarely revisit some of those books to say, well, what was that all about? Let me read it again. Because as adults, we think we should be reading adult books. We should be reading self-development books. And to me, the simplest, simplest message is hidden in the simplest of sentences. And those we find in children's books. And Alice is a treasure trove of messages like these. So for me, that is, there are two, three books and Alice absolutely is in the top five. So that's why we're talking about this. And that's why we're calling this episode Entrepreneurship Lessons from Alice in Wonderland, because I'm so excited to get into it. I do think there are some amazing lessons for entrepreneurs in this book. With that, I want to kick it off by asking you this one question. There's this quote that I read, and I wanted you to help me tear it apart. It says, I don't see how he can ever finish if he doesn't even begin. What's your take on that, Varsha? What do you think? How many times before we even start a business, before we, never mind start a business, let's talk about a situation where a business is started and you're offering a few services and there is a potential client and whatever the scenario is. And how many times as adults, we overthink things without actually doing anything about it, without taking action. And all we're looking for is how are we going to complete this? What is the end result? Well, there's only one way to find out is to actually start doing it. Only when you start doing it, are you starting the journey? And only then you know what the journey is and how that conclusion is going to be. So it's very well talking about it. Talking about it is only going to take you so far. I agree. Start it, begin the journey. Only then there is, you even have a hope of finishing something. Otherwise, it's just a conversation. I totally agree as well. It's interesting. And my take on that is just simply, if you're overly cautious and you're using excuses as such, of course, you're going to find all the reasons why you shouldn't. If you just jump in boots and all, you'll actually move forward and actually get something done. I completely agree with you. I think there's a really good example that I wanted to use here. This podcast actually was such an example. I didn't start my podcast for many years because I didn't want to. I was afraid of all the other things that I would have to figure out if I got started. But as you know, and I know now after being podcasting for some time, as you rightly said, it's about getting started first, taking the first step. And like in the book, if it doesn't even begin, it'll never even happen. So I absolutely agree with the both of you. Beginning something as a first step, no matter how dirty it is or how improvised, it doesn't really matter. It's about getting the first step out of the way. I want to add something over here. As an adult, one of the most relatable quotes that you see floating around these days is a journey of a thousand steps begins with the first one. Yeah, seen it all the time. 
So that we listen or hear or read somewhere on social media and we nod along. And yet, do we actually embody it to a level where you think, well, have I taken my first step yet? All I can see is a journey of thousand steps and it'll become 999 when I take my first step. Absolutely. Evan, anything that you wanted to add on that one? No, I absolutely concur. A thousand miles, 2000 miles, doesn't really matter how far it is. It always begins with one step. I want to ask you guys a question. So, I mean, it's all great and said that we say this. Why do you think that a lot of entrepreneurs don't take that first step? In your minds and as coaches, where do you see people not taking the first step? You know, I mean, for me, I think it comes down to even if they have taken the first step, sometimes it's only then you realize just how much there is to do, for example, when you're first starting up a business, and that can lead to a sense of overwhelm. So it's maybe sometimes it's the second or third step. But powering through that is is what we're talking about. I completely agree. Marsha, what in your mind, what's the reason? Fear of failure. So big. Fear of failure, fear of the lack of validation almost. So, or rather judgment, fear of judgment. You know, it doesn't even have to be about business only. I remember this actually came to mind. What I was telling you the other day, there was an email came through from my primary school many, many years ago. And one of those teachers is now sort of moved on. And I remember he's an amazing swimmer. He actually led the national team and all sorts of things. He was just absolutely brilliant as a sports person. And he was very keen on gymnastics. And I remember one sort of parents day, he was saying, okay, what we're going to do is we have a trampoline, you're going to jump and you do a somersault through this big ring of fire. And I remember I misjudged it the one time and I scared myself because I, was, I came really close to the bottom of the actual loop itself. I sort of, anyway, I mean, this is primary school, so I was quite young and small. I scared myself. And then I just refused to do it after that. And yet it wasn't that difficult, but things like this can happen to anybody at any time, but it is a matter of actually moving forward. So what stops is the fear of failure, Mm. the fear of being judged. And sometimes I think from my personal experience, it's also about not knowing what to do. I think we get so overwhelmed with the series of steps that we're actually not sure what am I actually going to do here? And so maybe breaking it down into further very clean action steps. Maybe is it also a good or a great way to get started with something? Dare we say, who do I ask? There's a line from the episode that Evan narrated is what's the bravest thing? I know we're going to have a separate discussion about it. I can't help but talk about it. What's the bravest word or bravest thing that you have done so far? And the answer is ask for help. Exactly what the horse said. Yeah, correct. So true. There's this shame around asking for help. We seem to be seen, maybe observed, or maybe we think we're going to be seen as weak if we ask for help. But I think quite the contrary. If you ask for help, someone is going to give you the way forward because they've probably done something similar and they can give you some lessons learned. Yeah, there's another interesting book I'm reading at the moment, Contagion. And in that, it talks about social proof. And I sort of cast my mind back to the corporate world where you're expected to know. So when you come in, you're expected to be able to produce 100%, don't require training, and you have all the answers. And I think there's also that legacy when we come out of the corporate world into entrepreneurship where we, you know, this lives with us, where we're expected to know. And when we don't know, we get stuck. Absolutely. Like you said, it's you're expected to know. And I think as entrepreneurs as well, also, there's this thing that goes around that says, oh, you should be knowing what you're going to be doing. You're the one that started the business. And what do they know that we're building the plane as we're falling down the side of the mountain, right? Yeah, but it's like, I know what my vision looks like and what my dream looks like. It's the execution piece that I'm having trouble with. I want to go back to 
what we were talking about earlier, specifically with what stops people and why as children, we read these children books and children's book, and then we forget about it. Because as children, we don't really know fear. And as children, we don't really allow or let someone else's judgment affect us to stop us from doing what we want to do. So we do it with absolute abandon almost. And that's when we are really growing as adults. We put a lot of weight on that external validation. And again, this is not about right or wrong. If it works for you, great. At the same time, the belief in our own abilities seem to sway in balance for someone else's validation rather than saying, look, I know I can do it. And so what if I fail? I'm going to do it and see what happens. Take it from there. So as adults, the belief that we inherently have as children somewhere relies upon someone else's validation as we grow older. That's just something I wanted to put it out there. It may resonate with a few people. Absolutely. I think, Roshan, you and I had, when we were doing one of our sessions, this conversation came up and I came to realize that on my shoulders, I was carrying this big weight about getting validation from my dad and wanting his approval. Because as a kid, it just so happened that I was in that frame where I was always seeking his validation and that baggage continues into adulthood. So to your point, I do think a lot of us carry that baggage into adulthood, maybe not even realizing it. So like you said, maybe it helps someone and maybe it takes a few moments of, of pondering whose validation are we really seeking and how can we get rid of that baggage? Because all the only validation we need is ourselves. Yeah, totally. And we'll only know that when we make a start, when we start that journey. Absolutely. Brilliant. I have a second quote that I think leads very well into this one. And I want to get into that one and dig into it. It says here, the best way to explain it is to do it. <laughs> I love this. And before we talk about it, Diren, what does that mean to you? <laughs> oh, I think, again, I want to use this podcast as an example. I could not have helped so many other people start and even think about a podcast if I hadn't done my own. And so yeah. I had taken the first step. I went through that rite of passage. I made the mistakes that I should have made as expected. And then I was able yeah. to help somebody else not make yeah. the same mistake. For me, that's really, really important. If I'm going to give someone the advice, I should have at least tried it before. You should have at least given it a shot before. Totally. And the more relevant quote that people will identify with is over here. The best way to learn something is to teach it. Take a children's book and you will find messages over there. How many times did we read this and think nothing of that quote? Yeah. Today, we look back and say, wow, that actually had meaning over there. Can you read that quote again for us, please, Diren? Of course. The best way to explain it is to do it. So the best way to teach it is to actually demonstrate to do it yourself. Because when people watch somebody else doing it, you can also see what you have been through to actually get the result that you're aiming for. So you are now showing someone how to go through those steps that is required. So the best way to explain it is to actually show it. Go do it yourself. Do it with someone. And putting it in the entrepreneurial space, ask for help. Yes, and we just talked about asking for help. Ask for help from someone who's already done it before. Absolutely. That's what I was taking this one as well. That is such a brilliant suggestion. Yeah. If someone has done this before, talk to them, sit down, because when you ask for help, 
believe me, there is everybody in this world who's actually open to help someone else. We just never ask. And we don't ask the right people. We ask people who may have, may or may not ever done what you're looking to do because we trust those people. So we ask them, are they the right people to ask for what advice that you're looking for? So go and talk to somebody who's already done this before and let them show you what it takes to get to where you want to get to. And there's a million people that would give you all the wrong advice because they haven't really even attempted to do it. So watch who you're getting your advice from. Oh, look, I think there's, there's a lot of truth in that. I remember reading somewhere, it's quite interesting when you have a child, suddenly there's all these experts around telling you what to do. They may have actually gone through the journey themselves, sure. But suddenly there's all these experts. It's like, it's just back off people. You know, it's just let me breathe. But like you also, it's asking for help, but asking for the right person. Someone who's got skin in the game, right? Someone who's done, been there, done that. Yeah. Yeah. Because they know what to look for as you journey along. I mean, look, it doesn't matter what it is. I remember learning to drive a car. I mean, this is a very different sort of thing. My dad, and in one of the previous podcasts, we talked about my dad used to be a racing driver. So when I was learning, he would say, give me all these pointers, which were completely not relevant. You know, when you're going into a corner, do this, do that. And yet after a while, when you're by yourself, that's when you, you know, it's all the pieces of advice suddenly are there and you actually hear it. But he knew what to look for. And suddenly you can see what he meant. But at the time, it wasn't quite there. 100% agreed. It also brings me to this question that it may be very clear to a lot of people. It may not be completely clear to a few. Hmm. What's the difference between a coach and a mentor or finding a coach who's also a mentor who's actually been there, done that? So mentor is somebody who's already done this before you. So for a mentor, it's very easy then to explain this because now they're explaining as a real life experience. So when you do that, you're going to go through this, you're going to go, that's the obstacle you're going to probably pick up on. And that's how you would resolve it and show you that absolute way forward. Mm. And there's also that absolute truism. You're the, the sum total of the six people that you hang around with. I forget the mm -hmm. exact quote on that one. But if you're not looking upwards and reaching out, you know, you'll never actually get there. Never get there at all. I mean, it's like, Rosha, in your case, you've built several companies You've done that, that million dollar turnover. And, you know, for somebody else who wants to get there, they would come and talk to you about that. And the best way to explain it is to do it. Yeah. Can I do a shameless plug here for the both of us? <laughs> we have a phenomenal episode, actually the first collaboration episode that we did on the topic of coaches and masterminds. Yes. It's episode four on the Dare to Scale show. And it's episode 18 on the Elevated Entrepreneur podcast. So if anybody is listening and interested to check it out, I highly, highly invite you to go to both of these links, daretoscale.com slash 18 and sorry, daretoscale.com slash four and Elevated Entrepreneur FM slash 18. And you are in for a treat. I'm done with the plug. This is a great plug also. This is also a great example, Diren, because this exactly what you said. So you were already a podcaster. When you showed us, because we came to you to say, hey, what do you do when you are starting a podcast? The best way for you to explain was to actually lead us through what you did. So the best way to explain was to show how it's done. A hundred percent. And where we are. We learned a lot that day. No, no, over to you. No, I was just going to summarize two things to watch out for. Remember, if you're going to teach someone, make sure you've tried to attempt it and you've done it. And I think a really key one is also watch who you're getting advice from because there's a lot of million naysayers mm -hmm. that could give you all sorts of advice. 
who probably haven't attempted to do what you are thinking of doing. I know with you have this quote lined up somewhere there, and to that I want to tag is there are a million out there who will give you that advice, which is right in their perspective. It just may not be right for you. So I want to make that very clear that advice is not wrong. It just is not right for you because there's a very fine line of distinction that we fail to see sometimes when you hear a word like that. There are a million people out there who will give you the advice, but it's not right. It's right from their perspective. It's just not right for you. So watch out for that. Thank you for that. And actually, that's a great segue into that one leading to, which is, <laughs> I'm not crazy. My reality is just different from yours. that is my absolute favorite quote it really is because to me that's a wonderful summarization is that even a word summarization yes it is okay so it's a wonderful summarization of how each one of us all eight billion people in the world how we look at the world we look at the world completely from our perspective and to us the perspective that shows the world in the way in all its glory that it is seems the only right way for somebody else my view of the world might be completely crazy and yet my reality is just different from yours that doesn't make it right or wrong and the minute we peel those layers and i'm going to ask then ask you to repeat this quote in a few times during this discussion because the stronger we actually get the meaning of that quote the easier and it almost like a path of least resistance that we take when you finish listening to this episode and we now tackle the world all over again because every single word we hear from every single person in whatever varying degree that you take it we take it with a little bit of judgment because it may or may not fit fit your craziness and that's where the judgment comes from what's right for me crazy as it sounds is perfectly wonderful for me and crazy for you my reality is just different from yours also a great way to summarize all the crazy stuff that's happening in the world today completely it is you know i remember it depends how stuck mm. we are being right and i know a long time ago i was i grew up in a very strong household with the right and wrong and, and that sort of judgment kind of space and like a long time ago when i heard oh we agree to disagree in my mind that translated to yeah you know i'm right you're wrong and probably there was a little bit more judgment where oh you're just an idiot but that's not the case the more you go through life and certainly since being more in the entrepreneurial world you know what there is no one right it's not even right or wrong it's just there are different models of the world out there and what's right to me is okay i remember once many years ago somebody said to me you know what you don't have any values you know what actually i do but you're not in a place where i can say that we agree to disagree i just have a different set of priorities than you do it doesn't make me wrong and doesn't make you right so it very much is my world is different to yours let me put this into context for an entrepreneur out there so let's assume you've got a great job and you now thinking well i'm done being an employee i'm really good at what i do i'm going to go start a business for someone else who this is a completely alien concept or people who are looking out for you what are some of the common things that person might hear what are you doing you have a great salary you have a stable income 
You're good at what you do. You're probably up for promotion in a year or two. Why are you leaving all that and going and starting your own business when you already have a wonderful, stable income? You know, business is risky. It's really is. Do you really want to take that risk? You probably have a family that depends on you. And yet for this, in quotes, crazy person is thinking, yes. And also like that is something that I've always wanted to do. And here's my chance to do it for whatever reasons that drives them. And so that person's reality, while it seems crazy to someone else, it's just a different reality. They both sound crazy to each other. And at which point do you say, you know what, crazy as it sounds, I'm doing it. I absolutely agree with you, Varsha. I think very, very true. I want to provide another perspective from an entrepreneur's view. And we did this in the training that you did for us recently, right? How many times do we listen to actually listen? And how many times do we listen to respond? And that's that exact same thing that's kicking in. I'm only listening to respond with my worldview <laughs> and impose my reality on you. Yeah, totally. Many, many times, not many times, most times we listened so we can respond and respond with our model of the world or our reality of the world. And for us, it's perfectly okay because if I'm listening and I'm looking to respond in my model of the world, I'm thinking, well, but I need to caution this person about something or bring a different perspective, which is brilliant. At the same time, listen, because only when you just listen without the need to formulate a response in your head before even the person has finished their question or their statement, stop us from looking at why is this person saying what they're saying? I might learn something over there. 100%. Like you say, you go meta in a way. It's not about the people, it's about the situation. And oftentimes, if you do take literally take that step back and have a look at the situation, remove the emotion, suddenly everything else starts making sense. And that is a different way of looking at that sort of same perspective. There's a third quote that I think can also bleed into this one, which is, dun, dun, dun. we are all mad here. <laughs> and I think this is said by the Cheshire cat. We are all yes. mad here. I really, really yep. want to dive into this one with you guys. <laughs> because who is not mad? What's mad for me is it's even crazier for you. And yet... We're all mad here, and that's what makes this world wonderful the way it is. So who are we to judge someone else's madness? <laughs> I love it. We're all mad here, and it becomes truer the more you're surrounded by entrepreneurs because they all finally feel, oh, this is amazing. So I'm not the only mad person over here. I'm joined by 10 other mad people. Let's do this because it's the mad people who go and change the world. Because they're mad enough to see a different reality. They're mad enough to think, I'm going to see what is absolutely possible. Because to me, that is possible. I can see it. I can touch and feel it. And the drive, the ambition, when you touch and feel a completely unreal situation is what drives people to go and make that a reality. It's the mad people who go change the world. Couldn't agree <laughs> with you more. I mean, we sort of inferring this before. You become like those you associate with. Yeah. Okay. So like, what does that even mean? So the entrepreneurs, yes, are the crazy people, hang out with enough and you will think anything is possible. Yeah. So there was a time when I used to read things we'll hear about like Burning Man, mm -hmm. which is a very interesting sort of, I think it's Nevada or something yes. in the US. Yes. Yes, but a lot, of tech, yeah, a lot of tech entrepreneurs go there 
and whatever it is that goes on, but they brainstorm and they, they come away with all sorts of amazing ideas and stuff, but they're all mad. You know, in my previous life, I would never have even thought about, you know, going there, but you know, I'm curious now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Then what does that mean to you? I'm, I'm thinking about this other side of this quote. Mm-hmm. I think also from, I can cite my example. When I started my business, I was the only mad one in my business. And now I have a team of nine that are equally mad, that equally passionate about my vision and my purpose. And I think in that sense, in our company, we're all mad. We're all mad about one single purpose and one single rallying cry. And I think that's true for most companies. When you have that a strong mission, everybody becomes mad about that mission. Absolutely. And I have to give credit to you for that, Diren, because the madness started with you. So there are a few things that you did right over there to get in, to engage people, the right people who saw your vision of madness, to inspire them because you were actually talking to their values to say, why are we doing this? Mm. So come be mad with me because only us mad team over here are going to change someone's life. We're making a success of this. The madder we are, the better we are. So well done. Very well done. So proud of you. Very, well, thank very you. Proud. High five. Good job. High five. I'm really happy being called mad. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now you just need the two and six hat to go with it. Yes. <laughs> Own Actually, the space. No, whatever your definition of madness is, whatever you think the craziness in you is driving to that change in the world, own that space. As I say, whatever floats your boat. And all these little expressions suddenly start making a lot more sense. And if you really say whatever floats your boat, say it without judgment, because it's like agreeing to disagree. It's not. Whatever floats your boat, yeah, go float that boat on a sea of milk. If that's what you want to do, do it. Big deal. There's one more angle to this, right? Which is Mm -hmm. sometimes we stop ourselves from being mad. We have this thing in our voice saying, I don't think that's right. I don't think you're doing the right thing. Self-doubt is the worst way to stop being mad. In this conversation, being mad is a good thing. I think that is also a very important thing to address here. Because what I think is stopping me from being mad is my worldview of someone else's success. And how do I know they're not mad also? So there's a lot of that self-talk that happens as entrepreneurs we should watch out for. Let's go back to the question that you asked towards the beginning of this episode is what stops people from making that start? Is the fear of failure, fear of judgment? Absolutely. So fear of judgment is what stops us from bringing out our own madness, our own craziness. Because to you, your brand of crazy, your brand of madness is not socially acceptable. It may be very, very simple as I want to go start a business or I want to go buy a certain car. If you can afford it, how many times do you think, well, should I buy it? What will people say? What will people say tomorrow? If you Because now it's a good thing to cycle to work. 10 years ago, people would look at you and think, really? What's wrong with you? So whose reality and whose judgment do we let ourselves be bound by? So I love that angle that you put forward. Totally, totally true. Mm. Because we think our brand of crazy may not be accepted socially. So we hold ourselves back. Be unique, be different, because that's the only way to set yourself apart. Why do we go through several layers of exercises to say, in, in purely as a business, how do you differentiate yourself from your customers? 
because you want to stand out. There's a certain element of craziness that goes with it. You're pushing boundaries. Over to you, Diran. What do you think? Absolutely. So the best way to put this in my head is, how does it really matter? We're all mad here anyways. How does it really matter what I want to do and what you want to do? Just do it. Just, just get just out do and it. do it. Can you read that yeah. quote again, please? I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. My reality is just different from yours. Yes. Do repeat you know, what, a couple more times as we go through the episode. Other people's opinions of you have no authority over you unless you let them. Thank you. That's brilliant. If you're wanting to improve, then again, like you were saying, they're in, listen to the right person if you want the right feedback. And what I mean by that is the constructive feedback, not the cramped thinking kind of feedback. You know, so it's actually quite interesting. Sometimes easier to do to say than to do. <laughs> I was just going to say at this point, I think we should all just do a mic drop and walk away. Episode finished. Beautiful episode as is. So much, so much taken away from this already. Uh, there's a little bit more. There's one more quote, right? A hundred percent. There's a few no. more. Yeah. <laughs> and I love how this is going, but I just, I love the conversation that we're having. because everything. I don't want to drop just, the mic. It's in the stand. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one that I feel, again, segues into this one. Who in the world am I? Ah, that's the great puzzle. So said by Alice. I want to turn the mic on you, Diren. What do you think that means? I ask you because recently we have been through this program that I led for your team. And we addressed a lot of issues over here. I want to take a pause before you answer this question, Diren. This episode is titled Entrepreneurial Lessons or Lessons for the Entrepreneur from Alice. Is it different being an entrepreneur and just being a person? Because it's the person oh, who becomes the entrepreneur. It's the person who brings every little baggage or the lack thereof to this world that we call entrepreneurship. And we suddenly feel we have to become a different person to become an entrepreneur. In many ways, that is true because you've got to let go. You've got to let go of inhibitions. You've got to grow a slightly thicker skin. You've got to absolutely work blood, sweat, and tears to make a dream a reality. Are they different? Because I know this conversation is leading more towards us. The spotlight is on us as individuals because it is us as individuals. What I've been an entrepreneur for the past 20 years, does it matter? Unless the change happens from within you, the change is not going to show up in the world that you are creating. So now can you read that quote again for us, please, and tell us what you think? Of course. Viren, over to you. Thank you. The quote is, who in the world am I? Ah, that's the great puzzle. The great puzzle, according to whom? It is a great puzzle. And belief in self, I think, is one of those, those key things. We all have a voice and we all have something to share. You know, there's so much we can learn from each other. And as far as that goes, you know what? Speak up. Absolutely speak up. So, yeah, who are you? You are you. I want to turn the spotlight back on Diren again. Diren, what does this mean to you? For me, there's so much in that statement. Firstly, it's about knowing who you really want to be, firstly. And it's not a bad thing to not know who you want to be. It's a journey. And I remember from the book, you know, Alice is actually smiling when she says, because she's happy about this puzzle that she's in. It's not a problem for her. And yet so many of us have this existential question in our minds. Who am I? What am I here to do? What am I going to do? How am I going to solve this problem? Well, that's the beauty of life. That's the journey we're all on. And it is meant to be figured out one step at a time. And that's why it's a puzzle. It comes together like a piece by piece by piece. 
And you really don't have all the answers at any given point in time. You always have a piece of the puzzle, but never the full puzzle. Because with every evolving day, we are a different person. There is another quote somewhere in Alice along those lines. And I think these two go together hand in hand. Don't know if you have it in the list. Let me read it out. And it goes something like this. It's no use going back to yesterday because I was a different person then. So who are you? Is that a puzzle? And is there a definite answer to that particular question? And every time that question comes up, yes, we can go into massive existential or philosophical discussions over here. And the simple thing to note over here is, let me put it this way. Do you make life happen around you? Then your job is to be who you are today, do what is required of you today, and watch the magic happen. Because tomorrow, you're going to be a wiser person, learning from what you did today. You're going to continue making magic again. Absolutely. Could you repeat those both quotes again, please, Diren? So the first one is, who in the world am I? Ah, that's the great puzzle. And the one that you very beautifully said that goes well, very well with it is, it's no use going back to yesterday because I was a different person then. Love it. Absolutely. Absolutely love it. True. And I think from an entrepreneur's perspective, what I'm thinking about when I, when I hear this again, the, the first one is most times as entrepreneurs, we're tasked with this big ask, what is your company's mission? What is your company's purpose? And I can tell you from experience as startup founder, I actually didn't know our purpose for the longest time. And maybe I think sometimes there's a doubt in my head, even today, if our purpose is correct. But I say that a founder deep down in his heart, in his mind, in his gut knows why he, she or she started that company. And so take that and run with it and let it evolve. Let it come together like that puzzle. Let it put itself together for you as opposed to sitting there and worrying about it. And it takes us back all the way to, I think, one of the first quotes that we talked about, you got to make a beginning. Only when you start something, do you know what it's going to evolve into and let it evolve? Because just as your business evolves, just as the world around you evolves, you are constantly evolving. You are a catalyst for, of evolution. We just don't think it's something that is ever changing because we are socially defined to be set in a way where we conform to certain norms and we don't give ourselves room for evolution. So there's no point in looking at what happened yesterday, except to say, what brought me here was yesterday. Yesterday doesn't define where I go tomorrow. And also, I think a lot of us carry regret and disappointment. Oh, I wish I had done that. I could have, I should have. And that's pointless. As you said, I am a different person from yesterday. So why carry that regret? What has happened has happened. Better to move on and look at that and thank yourself for that experience and move on to the next and the better thing. Yeah. Especially as entrepreneurs, that I think we're all guilty of that. We have such regret in our hearts and minds. I wish I had spoken to that client differently or I had closed that deal. Hey, you are richer for the experience as we all are and take that and run with that because you're a different person today. You are. And there's no failure. There's only feedback. Because so what if the result wasn't exactly as you wanted? At least next time, you know how to do it differently. I wouldn't classify that as failure, would you? Absolutely not. Because like you said, Diren, it is you're richer for the experience. 
All of that helps bouncing forward. Yes. It really is. It's a matter of bouncing forward and being able to let go, which is another way of saying thank you to the experience and move on. Um, it's just being able to let go. And that saying thank you is such a hard skill to learn because we don't know that we should be thanking ourselves for that experience. We think, again, I, I'm, just, I'm repeating myself about regret and disappointment, but the better way to handle it is actually to say thank you, give yourself the grace to fall, give yourself the grace to make mistakes and move on because you're the only mad person that's actually doing that brave step. So why beat yourself over it? Have the grace to give yourself gratitude and the thanks beautifully said therein. Very, very nice. Why, thank you. I'm mad. That's why. <laughs> I love it. I totally love it. I have two more quotes Go to for it. get into. And I want to jump into this. And I love how this is building up. The next one actually is very, very, very close to me. I read this and I loved it when I saw this in the workbook. Why? Sometimes I've believed as many as six impossible things before breakfast. What were your first thoughts? This is, I have to stop giggling and please keep this in the edits. <laughs> I am absolutely loving this conversation. So why did, I, did, that, did that stick to you? Or did that suddenly make you sit back and maybe have a giggle or chuckle or two? I just don't do it. I don't sit and dream. I am such an analytical person and I'm such a back to basics kind of person. I'm always in the weeds. How would I do this? And how would I do that? And what's the next step? But one of my biggest duties as a founder is to dream, is to imagine, imagine the impossible. Only then can someone bring it to life. And I laughed because I think this is a great reminder for me. And I think a great reminder for all entrepreneurs is why not imagine? Why not dream? What's stopping us? Is it the whole thing that we've talked about, the fear of judgment, the fear of starting the first step? That's all secondary. The first step is to dream. But I want to hear what you thought, Varsha, and obviously we also want to hear Evan. So Varsha, I'll let you go first. To me, it comes down to a few things. One, how many times do we grow up being told that's impossible, think realistic? And we get into this scenario where you think, well, is that realistic? Who knows until you actually do it? For someone to achieve something, let's say climbing Mount Everest, was impossible. And yet somebody did it and suddenly made it possible for somebody, for thousands of other people. So give yourself that space, that time, and allow yourself to think of something so impossible, so outside the realm of belief that you hold at all you're doing over there for yourself is expanding those boundaries to say, today, let's put it in entrepreneurial terms. Let's say you want to set a financial target for your company. Let's just keep it fairly basic. Let's not go down the discussion of, well, financial targets is not everything. Let's understand that financial targets is a thing that you will set for your business. Yeah, because we all do. How many times do you base those financial targets on what happened last year? So what's a realistic target for this year? Let's say we increase by 10%. Someone will push the boundary and say, oh, no, no, let's really go for it. Let's make it 12% or maybe 15%. Oh, my goodness, that's really, are you sure? And then a mad hatter somewhere there says, what are you talking about? Does it matter what we did last year? If we want 25% over last year, let's set that and then we'll find how to do it. And how many times do people around the table go and think, yeah, you're mad. That's not going to happen. That's impossible. 
How many times do we say impossible? And yet everything is possible. So allow yourself that time to think of, and I love that particularly because as many as six impossible things before breakfast, the day hasn't even started yet. And you're already expanding the boundaries of your imagination to a level where you think, wow, if before breakfast, if I can think of six impossible things, my day is already looking brighter and better, full of magic than yesterday was. 100%. Whether you're an entrepreneur or whatever else that you do in life, or maybe you're a student, does it matter? Because... That's how you are shaping yourself, your thinking to be. And guess what? Just like Diran, you have done. Those are the kind of people you will attract into your company who say, right, we'll all get six impossible things dreamt before breakfast because when we come together, goodness me, that's the kind of magic that we are looking to change the world. I love it. I love that particular quote. It always makes me giggle and chuckle. And I become a little kid when I hear that. and think that is so true. And yet we don't. Evan, over to you. What do I mean, you think? For me, it really boils down to that simple sort of framework. We're not even framework. It's just removing constraints. Mm-hmm. There are no boundaries. I mean, Einstein, I mean, there's all sorts of memes out there, but Einstein's like, oh, you know, knowledge is a finite, you know, sort of framed kind of a space. Imagination is limitless. And that's sort of what it means to me. And the funny thing is I've always believed everything is possible. I don't know how. What I mean is it's like Darren, you're saying with that detailed, oh, I need to know, I need to know. You know, I don't know how and just accepting that anything is possible. And if that is how you move forward, then all the better. Sometimes frequently get stuck with the or how to, you know, that detail level. And the wonderful thing in our household is while I might be sort of tactically detailed, if you will, you know, Russia is strategically bouncing off the walls with those six ideas. And it's sometimes very hard to keep up. And yet it's magic because it does open up the road ahead. It really does have unlimited possibilities. Love it. You know, the one thing that's coming to my mind at the moment, and I, and I know this is going to sound a bit weird that we're going to jump to another show. I know you guys have seen Ted Lasso. And in Ted Lasso, there's this <laughs> scene where he puts the big word believe right on the wall as soon as he gets into this first day on his first new job as a coach of a football yeah. team in, the, in mm-hmm. London. That for me was such a big moment because believing in is there's so much that you can believe and there's so much to do so much just believing in it is key i think i want to go a little bit deeper and yes i agree we love the show it is beautiful in its own way and that word believe actually changed everything for the team for everyone surrounding the team and believe in it believe in what you can achieve believe in you guys together as a team but where does a belief really start the founder within yourself within yourself within the founder absolutely so embody that belief to a degree where it's never mind unshakable it's like a rock in you that's whatever you can imagine however impossible it is when you believe in yourself and you can achieve it impossible doesn't even have a place anymore in your life you know in terms of you know sort of what you believe it's like it's that interesting space where, you know, dream big dreams because the facts don't count. And it's chasing what you're actually heading for. And that's all it sort of means to me. And also, if you remember in the show, we were talking about that belief picture. I don't think it was straight first up. I think it was at a slightly lopsided. And eventually later in the show, it does get straightened up when everybody actually does believe. 
But what I loved about that was belief. So I'm sitting there nodding, yep, mm-hmm, believe. You can be, but the picture's not straight. And I'm thinking, oh, for crying out loud, you know, this is that judgment sort of thing. What the heck is wrong with you? Just go with what he's saying, you know? And it really comes down to that belief. The facts don't count. That's where I want to go. Why I believe in six things before breakfast. Six big things before breakfast. Fabulous. I love the reframe, six big things before breakfast. Because today's big can become even bigger tomorrow. So oh, yeah. who are we to place boundaries on ourselves? And the last quote, Varsha and Evan, is the beautiful bow on this present that we've got here. Is when I used to read fairy tales, I fancied that kind of thing never happened. And now here I am in the middle of one. <laughs> Purely entrepreneur's perspective. When you are not an entrepreneur, the entrepreneur space almost feels like a fairy tale. It's real for someone else. Someone else is making this a reality. That doesn't happen to regular people like us. And yet you want to dip your toes in it to think, oh, how wonderful. It almost as an escapism to think, well, I want to go there because that seems like a beautiful life to have. And then you actually step into it and find yourself in the fairy tale. Everything's seems so surreal. Everything that we have talked about, we don't even know how they're opening up or don't even know what to do with them. So you are now slapping and bang in the middle of this amazing fairy tale that you are writing yourself. It is your tale that you're writing. So surreal as it is, it's a wonderful place to embrace. Ditto what she said. I mean, honestly, it really is as simple as that, man. (laughs) Absolutely as simple as that. How about you, Darren? I think it's also about appreciating what you've got. We all are in our own fairy tales. Do we actually appreciate that we're in one, like you said, Varsha? Do we actually recognize that we're in one? Oh, I wish I had this car and I wish I had this apartment and I wish I had traveling around the world. But you have a fairy tale of your own. You are in one. And it's about appreciating that and believing in that. I I want to add something to this where in pop culture, there's a, a certain movie that came out in 99. And it actually talks about the red pill and the blue pill. If anybody doesn't know what I'm talking about, it's the Matrix. And the text from the movie is, you take the blue pill, the story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. And that is so apt in this sort of space where, and particularly with the Matrix, if you remember, there's, there's places where you know something's not quite right, and then you know the guy pushes the mirror at one point, it actually moves. And suddenly it's like, hang on, this is what's real. In fact, there was a, we were talking about this earlier, unreal surreal. (laughs) Okay, you pick, but it's your fairy tale and you can make it whatever you want to make it. It's your fairy tale. You can make it whatever you want to make it. And when you know it's your fairy tale, own that space. That's something, I know you both heard me say it so many times. Whatever space you are in, own it. Because only when you own it, do you make it real for yourself. If it's a place that you don't really want to be, only when you own it, will you know how to get out of it. And if that's a place you want to be, only when you own it, will you know how to make this an even bigger picture than it is today. So every tale, every person's life is a fairy tale for someone else. And you know, all the the modern day gurus talking about limitless and all that sort of thing, Interestingly, Alice in Wonderland, I think, was published in about 18, I think it was 1865, something like that. So these thoughts and views of the world are not new at all. No. 
And that's the power in this particular children's story. There are so many lessons and so many levels. You can take it to whatever level you want. Karen, I just want to hear you, your thought on this last quote, just to summarize, what are you taking away from this? It's about believing in the magic that you can create for yourself because you've already created that. So I think, again, I would go back to my time as a founder and how I started this brand and this business. And I know I spent a countless number of hours thinking, oh, I wish I could do this and I wish I could do that. And I wish I had this. And, but here I am, four years later, I've done my time. I continue to put one foot in front of the other because I believe in the magic that I've created for myself. I've believed in the fairy tale that I'm in the middle of. And I think that's a lot of us as entrepreneurs forget that. We, you know, the grass has always been on the other side. And it's about forgetting that. And like Evan was saying, all the gurus say this, right? It's about realizing where you are at and appreciating what you have. So we are all in a fairy tale and we have to love it and believe in it because that's our fairy tale and you can be whatever you want it to be. From Alice, as a closing quote, am I allowed to add one more, please? Of course. It's from Winnie the Pooh. And that is my mantra for the day. And it's become Evan's mantra for the day as well. The quote goes like this. What day is it? Said Pooh to Piglet. No, it's today, says Piglet. And Pooh says, my favorite day. Because to me, every day is my favorite day. Because only when I see it as a favorite day, will I give it my all. Whatever the day brings, whatever the day you shape it out to be, I will give it my all because today is my favorite day. I love, I love, I love that. And I also love how you've teased the second part of this episode. So for everyone listening, there's part two coming and part two actually goes into Winnie the Pooh. And which day is that? Well, that day is today. So we're going to be back with part two. So stay tuned for that, everybody. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Orsha and Evan, thank you for such a wonderful, wonderful conversation. There's so many lessons that I've taken away from this conversation. Thank you for helping me break apart these magical quotes from a book from the 1800s. A phenomenal, phenomenal conversation. Thank you very Perfect. much for starting thank this for conversation. Not a lot of people pick up a children's book and start a conversation for entrepreneurship from there. So well done on doing that. It was such a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having us. It's been absolutely wonderful. Yeah. And part two comes out very soon. So stay tuned on both the shows on Dare to Scale and the Elevated Entrepreneur Podcast. Thank you so much for staying with me till the very end of the episode. You've done it. I've got three specific asks for you. Only if you think that this podcast is worthy of your support and if you've enjoyed the content. My first request is for you to hit the subscribe button. Actually smash that subscribe button so that you can get notified when new episodes come your way. Or if you haven't already, head on over to elevatedentrepreneur.fm and subscribe to the podcast on the website so that new episodes are emailed to you right away. My second request is for you to help me spread the word with your friends and families and business owners that would enjoy this podcast and help elevate them too. You can do that either by leaving a review on your Apple device or just telling your friends how cool this podcast is. And finally, if there's a question that you've been dying to ask me or if there's pieces of feedback that you'd like to give me, head on over to elevatedentrepreneur.fm slash speak where you'll be able to record a voice message that I can listen to and also maybe feature here on the podcast together with my answer. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you. Much love. And I'll see you in the next one.